George never had to do Stations of the Cross, did you, in school? Uh, a, wait, did you go to Catholic school? Yeah. Yes. What a nightmare. Now, I, uh, my family did go to church a bit when I was young, and I do remember – that was like – a day I actually remember going to church because it was interesting, like to see like interesting, you know, the stodgy middle-aged <laughs> members of my local community half-assing, pretending to go through the stations of the cross. No, we had <laughs> to walk great. them. No, wait. So would we, they actually would they beat you and make you carry crosses and I stuff? Well, as you on Good Friday, there was the regular stations of the cross that, did, that they did every Friday on Lent. And you just kind of stayed in your pew. And like when I was an altar boy, like if I got stations of the cross, I would just have to walk around with the big crucifix there, the big gold crucifix and go from station to station. I think there were what, were there 14 stations of the cross? I think I can't remember. I forget. You're an altar boy too. This is just getting. I was an altar boy and a boy scout and I was never molested. And I think it was because I was just an unattractive child. Uh, it's, it's, it's a sore <laughs> subject for me, George. Let's move on. <laughs> but before before John moved to the town where I grew up, I don't think this was still going on. There was a monastery up on Waverly Hill, and we there were stations on a road up the hill. So we went outside, walked on a road, walked to the next station, did our I guess you pray and do stuff. Walked up the hill more to the next station. Nightmare. Sweating. Yeah, I never. I never went there for that. I do know where you're talking about, though. Yeah, yeah. There were donuts, but Catholic Church didn't oh, have well, donuts. there you <laughs> go. <laughs> How ironic they chose a food with a hole in it. Yeah. It's Steady Co. Part 2, The Revenge. The show where we create revenge sequels that nobody wanted. This time I'll get you, and your little dog Pickles, too. So it's Seti Bimco, part two of The Revenge, where we watch a movie at the end of the, well, they say the bottom of this hour. It's called Werewolves versus Strippers this week, which George picked. And then we're going to no, talk no, about. No, 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 What? It's yeah. Strippers versus Werewolves. Exactly. Isn't it, were- isn't it Werewolves it, versus get... Strippers? No, no, no. It's Strippers versus Werewolves. Oh. I think they were thinking of a sequel called Werewolves versus Strippers, but they didn't get the funding for it. Is Marta, Actually, Marta you, Claire in I, this? I'm going to drop some real knowledge here because I, I went on a deep dive with this movie. There was going to be a sequel called Strippers vs. Vampires. You could even see a poster for it. Oh. But this movie was apparently a fiasco to film. Yeah. We'll there get was a there. lot of bad will, a lot of, lot of bad stuff happening. For Ooh. what is probably the best movie we've ever seen in Seti Bimka. <laughs> it is not. You say that every yeah. week. Let's preface this by saying this is George O'Connor's choice this week. <laughs> Damn sure. straight it was. And I just have a comment <laughs> to make. Like, okay, like it wasn't the greatest movie in the world, no. but I kind of enjoyed it. I've decided that like if you look at the Rotten Tomato score, and I think the Rotten Tomato score on this was like 25%. Right. Wow. I, I don't think a lot of people get it, though. You know, I think like... I don't think like it appeals to a mass audience. I think you just kind of have to have a quirky sense of humor, which I think I have. Yeah. To kind of get it. And I found it very entertaining. Um, Although I'm going to admit I watched it on Monday 
and it was a lot of like quick cuts and going back and forth. And sometimes there were split screens and three screens and four screens and all this action going on. And I watched it on Monday and I said, Oh, I really need to watch this one more time before we record. And I never got around to watching it again. So keep in mind that I did watch it, but keep in mind that I watched it four days ago and took some notes. If you watch it on a Tuesday, there's not any split screens. (laughs) luckily for you all i took seven pages of notes well good george because this is your movie unless like george set it up fuck yeah did did any way you you guys take a breath (laughs) (gasps) okay i breathe what now i I did want to i sometimes like to mention odd things that i found in the news and i sent this to you guys i don't know if you wanted to talk about it i didn't see it uh well headline uh-huh. Rough day for man driving stolen bus with with dead deer inside. Was the dead deer inside the man or the bus? Yeah. <laughs> Shin's got sh- to go back to the article and check now. But thanks oh, for I, asking that question. I got it right here. This happened in Pennsylvania, known as the right. Florida of Pennsylvania. Man, you hate Pennsylvania. He was arrested. What's well, a bit of a long story? He was arrested. He was pulled over in his BMW. He had stolen items inside and a dead deer in the trunk. And he took off after they had stopped him. Uh, and I don't want to read the whole story, but he uh, he left the BMW and he wasn't able to maneuver the car over some railroad tracks, ran into a wooded area, and later he had stolen a school bus. And they pulled him over again, but he kept driving away. Last time they pulled him over, he ran into the woods stripping his clothes off, but he had a dead deer in the... He still had the dead deer in the... The, uh, school bus. Why was he pulled over so many times? Like, why was this not like a one and done? Like, yeah, what, what is it with these cops? He ran, I mean, he, yeah. he, he ran, but he's he's white. He ran, so they didn't shoot him. So he was okay. like, on the oh, run, okay. basically. Well, pulled him over. He took off. Pulled him over yeah. again. He took off. He ran into the woods. He's obviously a white man. Was he in a separate vehicle? Like, what? He was in a school bus first, and then he was in a car. No, pulled over in his BMW first, and he had Florida plates. Oh, I should mention Florida plates. There we go. There we go. Together now. (laughs) It was Governor Ron DeSantis. So, (laughs) pulled him over because it appeared he had he had robbed a nearby convenience store. Hmm. Uh, Um. And he wanted to. He said he wanted to. Use the dead deer as fertilizer in his garden, which is not illegal. Was it just, was it just roadkill? I guess. I, I guess that's that's all I got. Or, today. or was it was it Bambi's mom? Probably. Okay. Nice. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know what to make of maybe this article, he, Tim. Maybe he killed. I know where are we going with this? <laughs> I'm just, I mean, it's weird, but it's not like. Uh, no, it's kind of like you, 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 I feel like I've been around the block a few times. It's like. Eh, Guy steals a school bus and there's a dead deer. And I'm kind of like, I've heard worse. Yeah, he robs a liquor store. (laughs) He steals a BMW, steals a school bus, has a dead deer. That sounds... uh, Just another day in Pennsylvania. I mean, Tim and I I grew up on the Pennsylvania border. And you're right, George. Tim does hate Pennsylvania. Because Tim, like, (laughs) basically, like, lived on the Pennsylvania. Like, Tim could probably look out his bedroom window and see Pennsylvania. And he's just like, oh, I hate the Keystone State. I hate it there. And he'd just look (laughs) out in fear, hoping he would never have to go over to Pennsylvania. I remember it very well. Goddamn Pennsylvania. Can I suggest something outrageous? 
What? Tim, because this story just kind of like floated out there and didn't go anywhere. Could we write a really quick revenge sequel for the story? Uh, you must have one in mind. Nah, I don't at all. The deer comes back to life and fucking gores him. I think the deer had a dead human inside of it. That's what's going on. Oh, fuck. Oh. <laughs> Who is the dead human? That's how he's, he stuffed a body in there. DeSantis. <laughs> oh, wow, that's great news. <laughs> he is supposed to be a pretty small guy. They were alerted to his presence by his white cowboy yeah, he, boots yeah, hanging like, out of the cow, of its anus. Yeah, he's like four foot six, I've heard. Yeah, I've heard he's Hervey Villages. Yeah, exactly. The plane, the plane. Yeah, exactly. Oh, but, uh, you know, wild card question I got to pick out of a jar. All right, Tim's doing say, his feet who, this time. Who from this movie, when we get at the end, we will uh, ask who from this movie would. Number 12. Oh, most likely to be a disgraced politician. That's a coincidence that oh, wow. we were just talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take that as a good omen. I already yeah, know. He, he's, he's, whoever it is, he's going to end up, uh, wind up dead, stuffed inside a deer. Nice. Cool. Uh, we can never get through this part of the show easily, but George, just read a synopsis. Yes. It's two sentences. It's right there in IBDBMs. It's on Wikipedia. Two sentence <laughs> synopsis. Yeah, Tell the people what this IBDBMs. <laughs> Whatever it is. IMDB. All right. Here's, I mean, this is essentially what it is, right? Yeah. What is uh, it? There, there is uh, a strip club in London, and the proprietor of it, who is Ursa from Superman 2, about sometime in the 80s, she had to blow up her other strip club. We just don't know why. It happens at the beginning. And uh, this, this strip club comes under attack by werewolves. And just like the title might give you a clue, this movie is about strippers versus werewolves. And it's, it's trying hard to be an Edgar Wright movie, I think. You know, it is, I think. I also think it's trying to be Ang Lee's Hulk, as John mentioned up front. It oh, does yeah. split screens all the time. It's a very comic booky movie. So I'll, uh, I'll talk us through like the scene-by-scene scene breakdown, I guess, because I took copious notes. So movie opens up. We see uh, what looks like a northern London club. It's called Silva Dalla's. Spelt with dollar sign I L V A D O L L A Z, and it promptly explodes. Yep. So right off the bat, I'm kind of impressed. I'm like, it's not the cheapest thing in the world to blow up a storefront. So good no. for them. Mm-hmm. That's sometime in the 80s, I guess. 84, yes. 84. Then we hear the melodious strands of Duran Duran's Hungry <laughs> Like the Wolf. Which already this cheap shit ass movie. There's a thing in my household that my girlfriend and I always say when we ever watch anything. If there is music in it, we turn to each other and say, "This already has more music drops than Wonder Woman '84." Wonder Woman '84, mm-hmm. probably the worst movie ever made, set in the '80s, has no fucking '80s music. It's it's outrageous. Didn't it have and any? This fucking, I don't remember. It has like I think there's like a little bit at a club scene, but like that okay. movie, yeah, it's stunning. It's just insane. So this fucking dirt cheap shit, like Edgar Wright, Ang Lee's Hulk ripoff movie with some of the worst werewolves. We'll get to that. Yeah. It has fucking Duran Duran. Well, they blew all their money on that song. They pay a pretty penny for it. Right? Right? Yeah. And it's cool. I'm like, yes. Blowing up a building and Duran Duran, I'm setting in. This is going to be good. Then we see uh, there's a very weird credit. Did you all catch this? With the comic book art? or, or, or Well, the credits about? are comic book art, which looks like basically Sabretooth from the X-Men fighting Mystique from the X-Men. <laughs> yes. And it looks just like comic book art. That's the whole credits. It looks good. Yeah. It's weird. 
Um, and then the the story is based on uh, strippers versus cheerleaders versus spelled out as opposed to BS. So apparently this is an adapted work. That's what I was. I tried to find that, couldn't find it. I couldn't find it. Wasn't that a wasn't that a Jane Austen novel? Cheerleaders. What's her follow like, up to <laughs> Emma? Yeah, to Emma. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get a caption that says like 2011, which I guess is probably the year this thing was made in, and. Uh, it's all split screens. Understand this, people watching this. Like, you're not just watching one scene. There's always, almost always, there's two or three things playing at once. It's actually, I'm not going to say it's poorly shot. It's a cheap as fuck movie because yeah. they blow their money in Duran Duran. But, like, it's got some <laughs> good stuff going on. And we see, like, uh, a schoolgirl type stripper. She's, you know, wearing, like, the little Catholic school uniform. Mm-hmm. She's sucking on a lollipop. And she's dancing for this kind of, like... Doing a private dance in a back room of some club called Vixens. That's what Catholic school uh, is like. Not Silver Dollars. Okay. Wait, what? That's what Catholic school is like. Well, see, you guys can every speak day. to that. I went, every day. I every went to day. public school. We, we didn't have that happen. <laughs> <laughs> and she's doing the dance, and the guy very clearly orgasms in his pants, which was upsetting to watch. Yeah. He's like watching her, just like he starts shaking, but then he transforms, I guess. We don't quite see it. And suddenly he's like a were well, – okay. <clears throat> Movies yeah. called strippers and werewolves. He's not a werewolf. I don't know. What? He looks like a were rat. He was. Oh, you're talking – I know he, I know, I know he I know. is. But like okay. it's – like if you've ever seen Harry Potter with Peter Pettigrew, you know, the guy who becomes a rat, he John looks has. exactly like that. Uh, John, you've seen I, this, right? I've memorized them all. <laughs> I Wait, I don't not. think you have seen it from their tone. Wait, I have you two never really seen I only, really I only read the first three books. We, we talked about okay. that story. Oh, yeah, it's true. All right, listeners, you all know what Peter Pettigrew looks like. They don't look like wolves. They look they have big pointy ears, kind of buck teeth, and sideburns, and that's it. Actually, they all look like Sabretooth or Wolverine. Yes. I have seen pictures. Um and he goes to attack her. She stabs him in the eye with a pen that she had Lucky on shot. her schoolgirl outfit, kills him because apparently it's silver. Yep. And then yeah. And again, this movie, like the last werewolf movie we watched, there's not really much of a, oh, it's the full moon. They, they seem to change when they want to at nighttime. Yeah, there's no, you're right. It's always a full moon, though. Every time they show a night, it's always a full moon scene. Yeah, they do show the moon. So, but but uh, yeah, the werewolves seem to, they don't ever transform into anything beyond what I described. Like they get pointy nails, fangs, pointy they look ears like, inside. They look like Splinter from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah, but That's like right. not even that, not even that ratty. Like they look like rats more than wolves for sure. Um, they kind of like run on all fours, kind of a little bit when they do it, but it's just yeah. And uh, what this movie does that is actually super helpful. Like we've had <laughs> problems in movies where we don't know who the fuck the characters are. They all look the same. This movie literally has a it, it pops up the word. It says vixens, strippers, yes. London. And then it lists the characters' names. And I'm just going to rattle them off here. They're kind of superhero names. A lot of them are. But the first one we meet is Jeanette. Jeanette is not a stripper. She is the proprietor of the club. She is the one who's played by uh, Ursa from uh, from Superman 2. Uh-huh. Isn't that cool? I thought that was cool. That was very cool, yeah. Yeah, I got really excited to see her. Yeah. I thought she she held up pretty well. Yeah, uh, she's actually pretty good in this. Just to help me keep track of them, I I referred to her as Marta. (laughs) That's her her code name for me. 
right. Good. This won't be confusing at all, Tim. All right. So no, I will no. say the names as given and a brief description. You given you jump with your code name. <laughs> then we're introduced to Larry. Larry's also not a stripper. He's the bartender. He's an old guy. Clear. Uh, then we're introduced to Danny. She is a blonde uh, stripper. Uh, I feel like this, is I she the one that stabs her. the werewolf? I thought Danny was, and then I'm like, no, no, she's... no, Justice. But she's the Justice. last one whose name we get. Yeah, Danny right. is the blonde one who ends up trying. She ends up going on a date with the uh, the guy Franklin, who's the meathead that yes. wanders around at the opening scene. Because yes. basically, we're introduced. These people walk through a club. Something has happened. It's a woman just stabbed a fucking werewolf in the eye. Yes. What is Danny's big treat? I don't know. Danny's she's big blonde. What? She's I'm blonde. trying to think like what's he? Yeah, oh, she's blonde. Danny's blonde. Yes. Right. Yeah. And there's Raven. Raven is like she's got like either super thick Eastern European or Israeli accent or something. Yeah. yeah. She's kind of got like brown hair, and uh, we'll talk more about her. Then there's Brandy, who has dark brown hair and a braid, and she's a singer. That's maybe important. We'll get to that. <laughs> then there's Franklin, not a stripper. Franklin is like I guess the guy who works security in the club. Right. He looks like a real meathead, and he's wandering through the club. He's our guy we're following him. And finally, Justice, who is the uh, woman who stabs the werewolf. Who, who is the, the magician? One of them is a magician the whole time, which ne- has nothing to do with the plot. She's like, I want to be Holy a magician. Shit. Yeah, what the which fuck? Was I she? mean, we'll, we'll get to um, her. I guess she wasn't they don't get So there's two characters who I would say are kind of mainish characters who they don't give their names. They don't give the magician's name. And oh. then there's the woman who dresses up as an angel – Who's a witness to the body of the yeah. like of the werewolf? But like, I, I think I her they, name. Was, I think her name was Chastity. Really? Okay. Yes. I'm gonna write it in my notes. And I think the magician girl was Carrie, maybe, or maybe I'm wrong ah. on that. Okay. Or Claire. Shut up, Claire. <laughs> Tim is an impediment to understanding. <laughs> Um, and how many so at this point? To, wait, with this point, still stuck on last week's episode. No, at this point, I saw the first, the first ad for Farmer Wants a Wife. How many ads for Farmer Wants a Wife did you see, or was that? I what, is that? what is Farmer? That's what a, is Farmer Wants a Wife? It's um, it's um, they they it's a it's a reality show on Fox. It's a dating show, and they bill it as Yellowstone meets The Bachelor. Yeah, farmers who need yeah. a wife. Yeah. Good Lord. No, I got the same ad over and over again, but I don't remember what it was. Wasn't anything that interesting. Why was I targeted with that? I don't understand. I because you're always watching watch. fucking. You right. got it too, I, John. I got, that, I got that once, so I didn't get it over. But there was one I got quite a few times. Oh, it was that um, something 360 where, like, I guess you can be. It's an app where you can be closer to your family without <laughs> actually having to be in the same room with them. It's almost kind of like a security <laughs> thing where, like, no, seriously. Wow. It's like apparently, like, you have kids and they're out. You can keep track of where they are and they can keep track of you. And uh. so, you know, you really don't have to come into any physical contact. Well, you know but why you got I that, because you're always – it's because you're always looking in in your mom. It's picked up on your conversations around your house. Tim, it wants – it's looking – farmer wants a wife because you're always burying bodies on yeah. isolated farm that fields. must be. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. So then we cut back to the dead body um, <clears throat> and Jeanette, who is uh, the, the madam or whatever, the owner – is there with justice and Franklin, the thug guy. And they're all looking at the dead body of the werewolf who's turned back to a human. And she's right. like, I stabbed him in the eye with a pen. And Jeanette's like, why? And justice is like, he was scary. 
and, and more hairy. She, well, hey, she says the line I liked: "Clowns are scary." There's no reason to stab them in the eye with a biro, but <laughs> yeah, so, biro. This is how you know it's a British movie. That's what right. And we're gonna right. get get we get lots of erection jokes because he didn't lose his Man, er- yeah. erection when he died. Didn't right. understand why that was a point because that does come up a lot. The werewolf dies. He turns back to a man, but he has a big boner underneath his pants. We're not seeing like a wolf ding dong. Yeah, but it's right. you know it gets slammed in a car trunk later. It's a whole thing. They commented on it continually. <laughs> they, they, they hang a hat they on keep it. Looking, there's a shot where like in the foreground, there's just a boner in the foreground, and like you're looking at the characters over <laughs> the edge play, of it. They play horseshoes with a ringer. <laughs> <laughs> then a title it's, card pops up. We're introduced to the werewolves again. This is very handy. Um, we're and it's we're seeing like this guy. He's tied up to a chair in a bar. He's all bloody, and they're like, "There's these thugs like torturing him, and they have like the foot of his wife in a bag." The it's oh, like I'm like, right. wow, this is really dark. Yeah, and then yeah. he gets saved by right. One of the werewolves is Scott. Scott dresses like a preppy. He's Scottish. What the, what the hell kind of name is Scott for a werewolf? That's what I was thinking I all the time. Scott. I hated him immediately. He was a he was yeah. a jerk. Did he did he have the eighties yeah. haircut or is that another guy? I he think was Justice's fiance, boyfriend, whatever. Oh. That one, yeah. Okay. Spoilers yeah. for later, but yes, turns out there's well, a secret connection. You know what, George? I mean, we're really not going to be. Are you really too concerned <laughs> about spoilers on this one? Not at all. This is basically Romeo and Juliet. Kind of. <laughs> it, it, twice over, actually. There's two. But anyway, yeah. then there's Carlos, who wears like a striped shirt and has like an Ernie or Bert haircut. He looks like yes. a Muppet, and he's like a yeah. psycho. There's Barker. Come on, he's a werewolf named Barker who seems to be That's mentally great. challenged. I thought that was, I thought that was great. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. He does later, there's a scene, there's two scenes in this movie where werewolves jerk off while looking at someone. Yeah. And yeah, so, yeah. and then the last one we choose in the scene is this guy, Ferris, who is played by uh, off-brand uh, Ian, Ian McShane. Yes. Like, he definitely gets all the roles. Ian McShane's like, no, nah, I'm not going to be in your fucking stripper werewolf movie. I wrote like, that he's, down too. Yeah. He's I mean, I thought it was for like a millisecond, like same voice, same sort of like he definitely has patterned himself on him. His name is Billy Murray. Oh, that's Billy Murray. Billy Murray. That's Billy Murray. He was also one of the producers, I believe. (laughs) But yeah, Yeah, sure. I know Shane, when he turns something down, the last thing he says to him is he turns them down. Give Billy Murray a call. Click. (laughs) 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 If you're an actor. Would be awesome if you had like a famous actor and you're like, no, I'm not going to do it. But this is who I think you should get to do it. That would be awesome. I totally I I have no shame. I would take something like that. Well, this guy, he's trying. That's what they doubly hard when they're film when they call up Mark Leonard. And he's like, no, call call John Kelly. I'm not going to do it. Well, they can't call Mark (laughs) Leonard anymore. But I know when they used to know Mark Leonard is. Let's just just say Tim. Let's just say Tim. It's going to go straight to voicemail, and we'll just leave it at that because we don't want to bring the people down. John broke up. John John broke up with someone once because they said he looked like Mark Leonard. That's you remember that, George? Yeah, I remember that episode. That's what (laughs) making me explain my jokes. Boy. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's always good to do callbacks to jokes from two and a half years ago. <laughs> Although I could pull off, I could, probably could pull off Vulcan ears. You could, anybody can. No, not this anybody movie was can, just Tim. Guys were. Not anybody. What if you have a cauliflower ear, Tim? You yeah, can't pull off a Vulcan. Don't even go there with me. 
Things to fight there. Van Gogh couldn't pull off a Vulcan. Oh, he just cut off his earlobe. Because he cut the ear off. Just the lobe. It's got to have to fasten onto something down there, I would think. Yak me up, George. It was just his lobe. We know that. Uh, I don't. It's the first thing they tell you in art history. Oh, no. Van Gogh didn't cut off his whole ear. It's just his lobe. That's, uh, I don't know. And they tell you, yeah, all right. You're gonna no butt me all night, aren't you? George, no, I was, I was trying to be. I'm like, George, skip that day to go see Jane Austen strippers versus cheerleaders. The first adaptation, the second day of our history, they're like Andy Warhol. I don't want to shock you, but I think he was gay. That's the second day of our history. Oh, so the werewolves kill the guys torturing the guy, and then they kill the guy too because. We're werewolves. Yeah, they're, they're werewolves. not good people. Yeah, right. Um, and they go so, looking for somebody. I don't forget. I don't remember why or who. They're like, let's. Oh, they they know they, they their friend is missing. He's been killed at the strip yeah, club. Yeah, they're looking for they their guy Mickey. The guy it turns out killed. the guy who got killed in the strip club was a member of their gang, Mickey. Mm-hmm. And so we cut back to strip club, and like now I'm going to start skipping stuff because there is a lot of scenes here. There is a lot of stuff. But here's what you need to know. Jeanette, who is the owner of the strip club, definitely knows about the existence of werewolves. Right. Because yeah. she she's kind of like, susses out. She's kind of, her attitude is almost kind of like, here we go again. Yes. Yeah. And they make a reference to, she says, it's like Basilton 84. And the bartender, the old guy, drops his glass yeah. and he hears that. <sighs> and he goes, and she goes, you might want to dig out Betsy. I'm like, who's Betsy? We'll get to Betsy later. It's a famous um, painting. There's a great scene where um, Carlos who is the one that looks like a Muppet, the werewolf, yeah. is walking down the street. And I don't remember what he's saying about it. I just wrote this part. <clears throat> we should shove our hairy werewolf ding-dongs up their <laughs> fucking asses. I'd wish I'd shat in his mouth. Yeah. I don't, what was that a reference to? I don't I'm remember glad, that. You know what? I'm glad they took that word from word, for, word from word from the original Jane Austen. I'm very, <laughs> very glad they did that. She had such a way with words. She really uh, did. It's like, it's like poetry. It was. I'm going to pause it. This is them trying to – they're talking about like the killers of Mickey because I think at this point they know Mickey's dead maybe or they assume it. Yeah, I they, don't know. they never say how they know, but they seem to know. I know how they know. They call Mickey on the phone. Oh, that's right. And it's a scene when um, Franklin, who is the bouncer at the club, yes. is dismembering him like just by smacking with a hammer and over again. So they hear like squish, squish, squish. They're like, oi, these fuckers killed Mickey. Yeah. He's that's trying to yeah. English He's trying to hammer his erection down. It keeps sticking back up. He hammers it down again. <laughs> More erection jokes. Uh, then there's a scene. George is uh, <laughs> <George is just laughs> moving on. <laughs> I'm trying to get through this. There's time for boner jokes later, Tim. I want to introduce the max amount of characters to spell out the most opportunities for us to spin our sequels. Yes. Uh, we go back to the werewolves hangout. They live in the back of a lingerie shop of the one-way mirror yep. where they're watching a, uh, an, an, a lady who takes off all her clothes and is dressing from it. So we got our first full frontal nudity. Mm-hmm. Goes on for a pretty long time. Uh, the brain damaged werewolf jerks off. We have to watch that. We don't see. <laughs> no. We see his face. We see his hand pumping furiously off stage. Uh, it sucks. Well, the point I is, he, is he doesn't care. There's other people sitting there with him. He's just like, well, yeah, I'm gonna do this. And I guess he can't. He can change into werewolf, but he can't change back. He's oh my gosh, he's Superman up. too. He's like the non of the group. You yeah, know, the big dumb Kryptonian. He's like the bigger guy, and he's kind of brain damaged. Uh, but 
One of the so, girls, um, or do you want me? Do you want me to wait? What, which one of the girls? What? One of the girls, because this is the best character. She talks about breaking up with her boyfriend Sinclair. Who, oh, this part was yeah. She's my favorite too. No, he this is. This is he, He's the best character, Sinclair. Well, the two of them together, Raven, who is the uh, Eastern European slash Israeli. I'm not really sure of the accent. She is talking with one of the other girls how she's maybe broken with her boyfriend, and she just offhandedly drops, "Oh yeah, Sinclair, the occultist." Yes. Yeah, he's a. Yeah. Uh, and she, there's a line. They, they, we see, we have a flashback. She's like, "Well, what is the last thing that you remember saying to him? Are you sure you broke up?" And or the last thing he said to you, he goes, "I may have clogged your toilet." They go, "Oh no, before that." And he, the line before is like, "I just remembered, I may have clogged your toilet." So it's this funny <laughs> yeah. joke. Like it's the only yeah. funny joke. But, <laughs> I think. He was. I great, was pretty excited. About it. He was a great character. I liked him a yeah, lot. Yeah, he was. And the whole thing is, they've been dating for a while, and she is a very attractive woman. And he, and his word. He has his head is too big and stuff, and he's just he looks like a nerd. And he has irritable and bowel syndrome. That's important. And for he has my irritable sequel. bowel syndrome. Yep. <laughs> and he's uh, he basically she says I love you for the first time, and he freaks out because he's like it's going to end badly. There's too much of a disparity. You're super hot, and I look like a this. And she's and he's like I'm not cool, and she goes No, no, you kill vampires for a living. Uh, you know six hundred spells. You trapped a ghost in that mirror. You speak 70 yes. languages. Like, very nonchalant. Like, yeah, I'm like, wow, this guy's uh, Doctor Strange or something. <laughs> right. but, he blo- but he blocks toilets. I, I can relate. He blocks toilets. As, yeah, he, he's like a real Tim Hamilton. You, you, That guy goes into your bathroom at a party. There's yes. going to be some mishap. Blocks yeah. toilet. Kitty litter shit accident that yeah. Tim yeah. definitely didn't shit in the litter box himself. <laughs> Maybe a small child shits on the floor. Needs- definitely not Tim again. <laughs> Note for next time, Tim. Note for next time, Tim comes to visit. Rent a porta potty, <laughs> at least a small ditch in the backyard. So let's see. Oh, they catch up with, with these vampires. Catch up with the guy who killed their vampire because he's stuffing the dead body in a car, and the girls want to punch the dead body because he tells them it's a dummy, and they're all like, "Oh." We all want to punch it, even though it's in the trunk. Yeah. And, and even though it's got an erection. And that actually did a weird thing. <laughs> that actually pays off in the screenplay thing. There's this whole bit where, like, there's the dummy in the backseat of the car with a visible boner, which they say is, like, <laughs> they explain ways for training exercise so you could punch the nuts. And one of the women, Danny, who is the blonde one, who has an interest in Franklin, he teaches her how to punch. He's like, yeah. you throw it the whole hip. And that pays off later. I'm like, this is a good screenplay. So they're punching the corpse in the back of the car. He drives all the strippers home to their various places. Of course, werewolves can smell their dead friend. Yes. So he meets some kids in a car park and he pays them some money just to burn the car and the body that's in the trunk of the dead werewolf. Have have any of you all seen um, Attack the Block? Yes. No, I haven't. Great horror movie from uh, sci-fi English movie. One of these kids is Pest from. Uh, oh, I didn't recognize one of the it. hooligans. I haven't seen as that movie. As soon as you I'm like, is that fucking Pest? Yeah, that movie's great. That's like way too good for Eddie Bimco. But yeah, Pest. And then like, so they leave Franklin and Danny, and they have a meet cute, and they agree to have a date the next day, and it's like, oh, we're all about it. Meanwhile, the werewolves find the fucking hooligans. Oh yeah, and presumably murder them. Yes. Yeah, he would, that's pretty much a given. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we hear howling and screaming. So, oh, and then uh, Danny had got um, Frank, uh, whatever the fuck his name is. I forgot his name now after saying it twice. Franklin? Franklin? Franklin. Yeah. She got him like 
brass knuckles that were like had reverse words printed. I didn't get what the words were. It was I like couldn't Narf either. Niles. I don't like what the fuck was that? What were they? It said like no, one of the words was narf, but it might have been Fran. Well, it's it that, it's that old English that Jane Austen used to use. I, yeah. I can't remember <laughs> what it means right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I like this theory. Yeah, so she gives them brass knuckles that are like, oh, that's going to pay off later. And again, it does. And George. So let's just start moving. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, got to move it along. But, but I, at this point, because we got hairy people, I looked up hairy celebrities, celebrities again. And oh, nice. Miley Cyrus came up on top again. But last time you did a werewolf movie, we t- I did a little thing. <laughs> Shaved werewolf or unwrapped mummy. But this time, oh yes, this, this time is. I did a little thing where I'm going to give you a few clues as to where you are. And I want you to guess whether you're at a sleazy strip joint or Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> okay. This is going to this is going to be tough. <laughs> Mar-a-Lago noted haven of werewolves. <laughs> okay. So it's like you're drunk. I'm just going to give you a few details. So you're, you're at a place. There's a neo-Nazi ah. throwing dollar bills at two women pole dancing. And the song ah. you hear is Baby Shark. Baby Shark is playing. So are you at a sleazy strip joint or Mar-a-Lago? I'm going to say Mar-a-Lago. You're going to guess, John? You're going with George? I was going to go with Mar-a-Lago because you got you to take into consideration the kids when they're watching the strippers. So I'm going to say Mar-a-Lago, yeah. Well, it's a little bit of a trick. It is a sleazy strip joint, but Eric Trump is there, and he demands they play his favorite song, Baby Shark. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> okay, so second one. Oh, so stupid. There's a neo-Nazi throwing dollar bills at topless women, pole dancing. Marlaga. And there are several unconscious men sleeping under a table. Uh, Marlaga. Yes, it's Marlaga, but the sleeping men are basically just uh, Steve Bannon. He, wait, would Steve Bannon sleep? Does he break into several people? Well, that would explain a lot. Why right? he looks like an amorphous blob? I'm making a crude. Uh, I'm, I'm making fun of his size. I know, mean, oh, mean. Ooh. And the last one, uh, the I last would, one. Yes. They're just to switch it up. There are guys throwing dollar bills at half naked men who are dancing, and they're all <laughs> drinking Trump brand Cabernet Sauvignon wine. I'm going to say Sleazy Strip Club. You're close. It's, it's, a tr- it's a trick again. It's the parking lot of a sleazy strip joint. That's all. <laughs> they're tailgating? <laughs> yes, they're tailgating. Nice. In the distance, you can hear Baby Shark playing because uh, Eric Trump is in the, in the club. And in the distance, you hear a wolf howling just to tie it into yeah, the movie sure. even remotely. All right. There you go. Nice. I have no, I right. have no, clue. I have no clue what just <laughs> happened. <laughs> Am I having a stroke? Do I smell burning toast? I, 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 did I did I miss something between? Anyway, go ahead. You just got Hamilton. You got Hamilton. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hit a few points now. They're just to get him out of the way. So Justice, as as John said earlier, Justice, the woman who killed the vampire with the pen, mm-hmm. she is dating one of the the preppy werewolf. And mm-hmm. I said vampire before, but I meant werewolf. And we, yeah. they don't know anything. And they're having like sex, and she gets a little bit carried away, and she bites him, drawing blood. Right. So, I used to date you know a I used to, I used to sleep with a biter. Oh man, let me <laughs> would, tell you. Would he draw? He's, blood? And he like he'd like like bite my nipples and twist them. And no! like, Ouch. yes, I yes. It. And then he's like, look at me all honest and go, did I? Did that hurt? I'm like, yeah, that fucking hurt. 
<laughs> like, give me finally, my nipple I back. I finally one day I'm getting dressed and I see like there's like all these bruises <laughs> around my man nipples, and I'm like, I gotta dump this guy. People are gonna think that I like have something. Before you did that, John, you should have taken like some pepperoni off a pizza and put it there one day when he bit maybe, it. Maybe screamed. I should have like, how do you get a baby to stop sucking its thumb? What's that stuff? You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Uh, a you know what I'm talking about. There's oh, like a thing out. There's like a product out there, and it gives the uh, thumb a real bitter taste. I should, you, George. Where were you 25 <laughs> years ago? Probably biting nipples. Biting no, nipples. not biting nipples. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, I didn't mean to go. I didn't mean to go off on that tangent, but it does hurt. Not, I'm just nice. saying I can right. relate. Huh. I I do not, like. I shouldn't mention this on the air. I hate having my nipples touched. It's just. Oh my god. I hate it. Is worst. that because I do it all the time? Uh, <laughs> I'll stop that. Well, you should have told me. <laughs> you, you, really should speak, you really should speak up about these things, George. Yeah. <laughs> you should show me a... All right. I'll show you a little... Okay, next time you come over, I'll, I'll show you all the spots. Show me a doll. Me. Show me a doll in all the places I should, should not touch it. Point yeah. on the doll. The problem is, <laughs> Ken, oh. get, Ken dolls don't have nipples. That's where this problem comes oh, from. Oh, yeah. That's a problem. <laughs> Justice bites the guy who's a werewolf. We all know where that's going, right? Yeah. Well, it's a whole thing because, like, the the off brand Ian McShane's like, "Oh, you got to kill her," and he's like, "I don't want to kill her. She's my fiance." And oh yeah, yeah. oh that's important. He's a fiance, and yep. he bought her a white gold ring. Yep. Or is it because white or gold? The it? other strippers like it's fucking silver. He's cheaped out anyway. But, she grows hair um, under her arms like Miley Cyrus. She's like, "What's going on?" She becomes a hairy ce- – yep. when Tim looks up hairy celebrity, it says random woman who played justice in Strippers vs. Werewolves. Yeah. Uh, lady from Howling 3 who gave birth to a, a, like a guinea pig puppet. Yes. Um, this, let's see. What else This happens? club is called the Vixens, by the way. I don't know if you mentioned yes. that. I think I did actually, but maybe I didn't make it clear. They don't show – none of the main characters show nudity because there's a scene in anger. She flashes her boobs and, and it oddly quickly cuts to a drawing. Yes. I'm like, oh, the real actors the, – yeah, the people with lines don't show anything. And I didn't really put it together to the point. And I started yeah. noticing. I'm like, oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, they, um, they go to a prison. I think that's what happens next for our big cameo. Oh, that's, that's a way off. Oh, that's a way off, okay. Tim. Yeah. All because right. – uh, Man, you stick to the order here. Well, there's important stuff again because Franklin, who we were following his budding romance with Danny, she's coming over to his house. He's going to cook dinner and he answers the door all excited to like, you know, welcome her. Mm-hmm. And instead, it's the fucking werewolves. Yeah. And kind of shockingly, they kill him. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, cut, see, and he, Danny, he didn't see I that, thought he was going to be the male lead. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. I thought he was going to be like, we were following, he was like our POV character in the yeah. beginning. And they like like <laughs> Danny shows up for the date, and like one of the guys has his arm on a piece of bread and is eating, and his head's laying on the floor. I'm like, oh, he's definitively dead. Like <laughs> yeah. they they wanted to make sure he knew this guy was dead. So, so Danny goes you, running you away. You, you haven't read a lot of Jane Austen. I'm taking it. This is just <laughs> this is a continuing theme in her work. Well, this next line definitely is because when she runs, they they she runs off, and the lead guy is like, "Ooh, meals on heels." She leaves her heels as she runs, and her heels, as Jane Austen would tell you, are clear, and only strippers wear clear heels. Right? So then the werewolves know <laughs> that she learn, must be a stripper. We learned that in Sense and Sensibility, exactly. Also in Cinderella, so she 
We learned Incid- that. Yes. Yes. That's a lot. Who stole it from like, Jane Austen in Sense and yeah, Sensibility. I'm sure. Speaking it's all of Cinderella, again. okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to go off on a tangent here. Do you know in the original <laughs> Grim Fairy Tale, to get their feet to fit in the glass slipper, the evil stepsisters chop off their toes and heels? Ooh. Yep. George knows Animate that. that, Disney. Animate that. That is that is the third day of art history. They explain that to you. Did they explain that to it's, you? It's weird because then I like I'm in the back of class. I'm like, excuse me, sir, what's it to do with art history? And the teacher just <laughs> takes a big swig from their flask and just belches. That's yeah, all they right. answered. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. Then they go to the prison. Uh, oh no, no, we don't go to the prison, Tim. Because first she goes, she runs to Raven's house, who is the Eastern European lady who has the boyfriend, Sinclair, who is the occultist who kills vampires. And the werewolves follow her and they're trying to break in the door. It takes them a very long time to break in the door because these are very shitty werewolves. And she's on the phone with Sinclair, who's out of work. Killing vampires, right, so right. he's just fighting like these sexy vampires. Him. Yes, <laughs> it's and he's like, so he's like, well, I have to call you back later, hun. And it's just like, it's actually pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. And, but that scene uh, gave me the impression that she didn't really believe him. Like, oh, oh she yeah, definitely you, doesn't. Yeah, like, oh, you kill werewolves or you kill vampires for a living? Ha ha ha! And it turns out yeah. he's in the middle of. He's, she just thinks he's clogging a toilet. Yeah. But the thing is, John's got a good point. She definitely like has dialogue like, yeah, yeah, you're killing vampires. But she definitely believes in the ghost thing because they mentioned a couple times yeah. that he didn't do a good job because the ghost broke out and killed a bunch killed of people. people. <laughs> and she's witness to this. So it's like, why do you – all right, anyway. So he's like – the only thing that kills him is silver. They don't really have any silver in the house. But if you have like uh, – you sunlight takes their powers away. Yep. So she has a tanning bed. So the werewolf breaks down the door and they have the tanning beds shooting UV rays. I mean he turns back into a person – and she shoots him in the nuts with a shotgun and blows his nuts off. <laughs> we, we guess. Now, we don't see that. No, he literally says it. Because oh, then he, he goes it? outside and after he turns back to Wolf, he's feeling his crotch. goes, oh, they're back now. The little, the little the guys werewolves. are back. Well, not little. They're big guys. They're big guys. <laughs> he's like, really? They're big. They're huge. Seriously. And they're hairy. Um, yeah. These werewolves are just Wolverine. They just heal fast. Um, so then, then we go up to the prison. Then we go to the prison, Tim. You want to take – you're excited about this part. No, too. I'm just saying that's our part. big cameo. Because I'll be honest. I don't understand this scene, how it fits in. He's just the old – This character was mentioned up front. Yeah. Back when the original club was blown up – Tapper? To kill werewolves. Uh, they mention Tapper and Ferris. Ferris is the Ian McShane guy and this other dude is Tapper. And the big cameo is, Tim, take it away. Robert England or England. Robert England, a.k.a. Freddie. We're talking to you, Kevin Kabumo, with your Freddie Spaghetti podcast. <laughs> he hates that. <laughs> I know he does, so I do it. <laughs> um, yeah, so He's here's just- my question to you all. It, wh- th- is this a... Is this like a werewolf prison? That's what I wondered. Why like, is he imprisoned? And if he's a werewolf, how come he can't get out? That's all, that's I wondered the same and thing. And he eats a guard, apparently. He goes, said to the guard, I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah, I don't and know. And there's the line about like, so basically off-brand Ian McShane comes to him because they're going to go. They have this history with Jeanette who mm-hmm. owns the strip club Vixens and used to own uh, the other one that blew up, uh, Silver Dollars. And they're like, we're going to get it. And he invites him to join the group again. But he's like, you know, once an alpha, always an alpha. You couldn't let me loose. Yeah. So I think basically what happened was um, off-brand Ian McShane, like, deposed him as alpha of the pack and then locks him up. Yeah, maybe. 
It's pointless. Because it's, it's pointless. the prison is called Cheney Prison. You probably think Lon Cheney Jr., but oh. I think it's named after war criminal Dick, Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney? Yeah, Dick Cheney. Because of the shooting of nuts <laughs> in other scenes. Because Dick Cheney Dick famously Ch- uses shotguns to shoot people shoot, and then make them apologize yeah, for it. Shoot people's faces off and then they, yes, they have to say they're sorry they got in the way. I didn't catch that it was Cheney. I think during that part I looked away for a second. Yeah. He does say, let slip the wolves of vengeance, which was silly, but Shakespearean. Yeah. Or Jane Austen. Yeah. Jane Austen. Well, I would like to say, if we're going to talk okay. about... They totally... Uh, so we have a werewolf in love with the woman who killed his pal. And they never uh-huh. they never have conflict. As soon as they find out who each other is, they're just trying to kill each other. I thought we'd have a little yeah. bit of like, are we in love? Or and I thought the ending would be them. No, you know, something about just, them. They didn't, just they didn't use it. Yeah, they didn't use that. No, I home. think they did. I think they were showing he was a bad guy. Because if you remember the scene when they're watching the woman undress in front of the mirror, mm-hmm. later they show the brain damaged werewolf chasing her and he scratches her a few times and she's like crawling, looking for help. They have to run out oh, and do yeah, something. Yeah. And that guy just steps on her head and kills her. Yep. So I think that was to show he. there's no saving him. No. So yeah. Um, so the werewolves go to the club the first time. They kill the bartender. They kill the lady with the angel wings who didn't get her name mentioned up front, so we knew she was going to die. And they kill every other stripper that's working there that day. Luckily, all our main characters are off. Yep. That's their day off. Uh, it was Easter. It's their day off. So the next day, they they well, they come in. They're cleaning up and all the body bits and stuff, and they're waiting for the werewolves to come back. So at this point, it's Jeanette, who is the owner. It's uh, Danny who uh, was the woman that went on the date with Franklin before Franklin got dismembered and eaten. Marta. It's, uh, it's Marta who doesn't exist in the movie. It's just him trying to confuse the listening audience. I have to go back to my sheet. Uh, and Sinclair. Is um, he helping them? If I remember. No, he's not there. He's outside. But, but his part, his part he's is on his way. Raven, who's, yeah, way. Raven, who is the one who's dating Sinclair and uh, Brandy, the musician one. And there's maybe one or two random people who are inconsistently there. And they prepare for werewolves like they put like silver heels on their stilettos. Yep. And they dress like um, Red Riding Hood. That was important. Too. Oh, yeah. They do it. There's a whole fucking musical number where they do a like really weird routine dressed as Little Red Riding Hood when the werewolves come into the club. Yep. Um, they play speakers really well. mention Robert Englund doesn't appear again. No. He has nothing to do with anything. He's just that one scene that could have been cut and never made a difference. They turn the speakers up really loud to hurt the werewolves' ears. Yeah. They put on some, some Hootie and the Blowfish albums. Yeah, they're blasting Dave some, Matthews uh, Hoodie band. And the, Everything. Hootie and the Blowfish is even yes. making a rare appearance outside of Tim's fevered imagination. Uh, oh, no, it's the superest dick move ever. The magician we mentioned up front. Yes. It was her day off, too, and they don't bother telling her not to come into work, and they don't inform her. So <laughs> she just kind of walks up, and like all these werewolves are up front in their human form, and they're surrounding her. That's right. And they're like, Oh, you work here, my bird? And she's like, yeah, I do. I used to dance here, but now I'm a magician. Let's see your magic. She does some sleight of hand trick. And like, well, werewolves are going to fucking murder you. And I guess they do. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you could have just called this woman and just told her, hey, some shit went out of work. Maybe stay home. You could they tell they, nope, they, they had a lot on their mind. <laughs> and, and, They're too and, busy. And, and yes, a lot of... Uh, Literature critics over the centuries have pointed out that hole in the original Jane Austen novel. <laughs> yeah, they let her through. Yeah. 
Her. Well, they were, they had to practice their choreography for the Little Red Riding Hood dance. They were too yep, uh, yep. busy doing that. She couldn't do that. So then there's the final battle. Big battle. Uh, like Tim mentioned, they werewolves can't hear at first. And um, have- at this point, Justice, the woman who killed the werewolf in the beginning and then bit her boyfriend, is now a full-fledged werewolf. They're fighting in a private room with the sun lamp, so it's just them fighting. And she handcuffs them in there with um, furry handcuffs. Yep. Um, there's a little scorecard scorecard as they go. It yep. says like, you know, strippers one, werewolves zero. Um, <laughs> and Ursula. But, uh, unfortunately, Danny gets her throat ripped out, the blonde. Yeah. And Brandy gets the musician one. She gets her throat ripped out. And they're all on stage. They're still alive, but they're like bleeding and like they're there with the werewolf lady. They start making and out. Jeanette's yeah yeah they, why did that happen because they were given blood to each other to become werewolves right? oh that makes sense yeah there's like a long sequence of of like Raven and uh, Justice making out uh, Jeanette's standing on the side the whole time at the bar watching this Jeanette is Ursa mm-hmm. the owner and the werewolf uh, off Brandy McShane goes up to her and they talk and she throws a drink in his face sticks her finger in a light socket and kisses him. So he bursts into flame and she lives and and she lives, but he's burnt to a husk. And then because it looks like the werewolves are going to win, they're surrounding the women on the dancing stage. Uh, Jeanette, who's still alive next to the burned out husk of off Brandy and McShane has a switch in her hand that says hot dogs, which is, I guess because dynamite looks like hot dogs, but it's not dynamite they're using. It's fucking plastic explosive. But the whole bar is rigged to blow up. Yes. And she blows it up with everyone inside. The end. However, oh. it's not the end. Because what we learned, <laughs> thanks to Sinclair, the occultist vampire killer, that werewolves are really hard to kill. If it's not silver, even if you blow them apart, oh, yeah. their wriggly bits will wriggle back together. So Sinclair has been waiting outside this whole time to separate all the Wrigley bits into individual jars so they can't reform. He even holds her heart and in his hand. And I was like, how do you know whose heart this is, his girlfriend? I was wondering how he knew which parts to stop from Wrigley yes, together, no. like the little bits, the little giblets. Um, but basically all the werewolves he puts into separate jars and all the strippers who were all conveniently bit during the final fight, mm-hmm. he lets reform. So they wake up strangely fully clothed and not even bloody. <laughs> Except for fucking Brandy, the oh. singer. And they're like, I'm sorry, Brandy didn't make it. And they're like, but why? She was bitten. He's like, I guess she bled out before she could change. No blood, no curse. He didn't he didn't like her. He I, but didn't it's like okay. Brandy. You didn't you didn't like her anyway. And then it's like, I'm like, wait, what? There was no hint in this movie, anybody, that that, that Brandy was unliked. I didn't like her. And, I didn't like Brandy. Uh, you didn't like Brandy? No. I mean, she had a weird little subplot where she was a singer, maybe. You could tell she was an, a nipple then, biter. She oh, was God. a nipple biter. Like, God, I hate that. I get this picture of John at home. He knows that type. He's like, that's a fucking nipple biter right there. Bitch. But now she's dead. Um, and then we cut to the – they're like, well, what do we do now? We're all werewolves. Yep. And Sinclair, the occultist, is like, I have an audacious idea. And we cut to a year in the future – where there's like a, a vampire in an alleyway. Mm-hmm. It's about to, no, it's a lady about to be killed by a bunch of vampires. And like this mysterious strangers come out and kill the vampires. Yeah. And wouldn't you know it? It's fucking Sinclair and the three werewolves. And they're heroes for justice now. They're, they're the Avengers. They're the Avengers. There's the, they do a circle shot in lower Manhattan <laughs> as they fight the Chitari. It's awesome. Now, then they all have shawarma at the end. We, oh, nice. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then let's go to revenge time. Wherever you are, 
wherever you're hiding. I'll find you. I'll get you. I'll get you. Revenge. I'll get you. Revenge. Revenge. One of us will die. One of us will die. I will not let Cindy take my place. I will have my revenge. Together, we'll figure out which person from this movie is most likely to become a disgraced politician. Interesting, we get that question today. Because we're, we're, we're talking about somewhere writers, in America. Yeah. No, I don't, mm-hmm. don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> There's your first I, who clue. Wants to start this? Who was the nipple biter in this movie? Wait, they all were. They where did that were. come from? I don't even remember why we were talking about nipple biters. John just started biting his own nipple. Remember? <laughs> remember so John, John would be. We the were most... all really impressed with it, the elasticity of his skin that he's able to pull it that far. Yeah. Like, wow. I'm gonna say that that. that Tapper, maybe he'll get out of prison and he'll have a lot of fans, uh-huh. just like a certain other man who's been indicted. You know, <laughs> wait, who are you talking about, Tim? <laughs> Tapper would get out of prison and he'd be like, "Yeah, let's vote for Tapper. He's a he's an alpha dog, and he eats Tapper. He eats the Robert Englund character. We should mention Trapper. Tapper. Yeah, tap. Wait, is it Tapper? Tapper. Yes, Tapper. I hope so. Yeah, his girlfriend's he, name uh, is he Marta. He has a. His girlfriend's Marta. He, um, am I just he didn't have an English accent, did he? No. Because Fre- Robert Englund's like, Freddie, don't do English accents. Yeah. No. But you know what? The thing is, so that's good because that means he's probably from the U.S. So he gets out of prison. He returns mm. to his homeland. after he's Because he's a werewolf prison. All the werewolves are dead. There's nobody there to keep him there anymore. So he yeah. just he werewolves out, rips out the door, goes back to Florida, runs for public <laughs> office there. Um, the fact that he's uh, well known for being a child molester and murderer that plays well with the Republican base. There you go. So, so yeah, they're like, "Cool, let's elect this guy." And he's like, "Yeah, right. burn the books, also the children." Right. They don't pay attention to that second part. Well, he makes right. sure that nobody and, can read about werewolf history in Florida. He takes all the werewolf right. history books off off the shelves. <laughs> yeah, no one can. And know. like, you know, it's ironic because in Florida, nobody, everyone's illiterate anyway, so it doesn't even matter. Oh, jeez, but savage. There's some nice people there, but the people voting for Iran, uh, yeah, no, not a fan of them. Yeah, I mean like 70% of the voting populace in Florida? Yeah, I don't know. Eh. Anyway, so then what? He, what what's the office that uh, Tapper runs Yeah, for? come on, John, finish this out. Well, he will eventually run for president, and his running mate will be Barker, the <laughs> the, the brain-damaged werewolf. The brain-dead yes. werewolf who doesn't care if anybody sees him jacking off or not because at this point <laughs> – I mean, you talk about grabbing women by the pussy. You can apparently pay hush money to porn stars and Playboy centerfolds. So nobody would care. So, yeah, Barker is his running mate. But how does he get nice. disgraced? Is that because Barker just jerks off all matter. the time? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Like access, it's like the Access Hollywood tape. And it's like nobody cares. Nobody on the Republic. None of the MAGA people care. Okay. Because we did make it clear he's yeah, not. Like, we did make it clear he's not running for the Democratic nomination, right? Right. right. Yeah, man. He they they love him because he sticks it to the libs. He right. gets to he gets right. disgraced because one time one time he looks at a gun and goes, "Man, those things are kind of dangerous," and that yes. actually turns the entire ring wing of his party against him. Mm-hmm. But his um his running mate Barker, which which he of course uttered the immortal line, which I will quote directly from the movie. <clears throat> Pretty lady make Barker's fizzy wizzy. (laughs) 
that becomes his. He takes over. Like he's yes. his running mate. He again, again, they, again, they took that from the original Jane Austen novel. <laughs> from the original Jane Austen, this guy he swoops to the top of American politics. They, they print that he slogan declared, on on on, uh, on uh, caps. Right. The, the, the fizzy wizzy, you know. As a matter of fact, that's, that's Jane Austen's epitaph. The very few people realize that. On her, they on they her, all have on, these white caps. On her tombstone. PLMBFW. Yep. yep. And uh, he becomes president for life of the United States of Barkerville, which is what our country is renamed. <laughs> and we all become werewolves. The end. The end. There we I go. smell an Oscar. Yay. We did that good this time. There you yeah. go. We're so thanks, Jane Austen. You're a thank you. Yes, we yes, we can only thank Jane. <laughs> it would be best adapted screenplay because and I might yeah. mention Jane Austen in the in the speech. Who wants to do their little sequel first? I'm gonna do I'm gonna go fucking revenge sequel first if I may. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're gonna all steal right. all the, so, the, the clogging I'm toilet steal all jokes. The no, I'm not. I don't think I'm gonna do one. Good. Tim, I know, I know, I know my co-hosts. If there's, if there's, if there's poop to be had, it's, I'm like, that's a Tim joke. What I'm talking about. Okay. So the movie ends. The setup. The three surviving strippers, now uh, gifted with lycanthropism, travel around with Sinclair the occultist, dealing out harsh justice to London's vampire and ghost population. And there was going to be a sequel called Strippers vs Vampires, but this movie made literally 38 pounds in theater release so it did not get a sequel that's true but there is a poster look for it folks mm-hmm. um but as mentioned there were four strippers in the final showdown now ursa she was a name brand actor she didn't want to be saddled with this thing on her resume she's like i was fucking i was in superman too i kicked superman in the nuts <laughs> uh, she and she she dies she properly dies she doesn't get bit but there's brandy Brandy is fighting with them. Brandy has this the voice of an angel. Brandy is clearly bit by the werewolves and should have the curse. But what happened when Sinclair was watching all the wriggling bits of their fleshy globules coming back together, he purposely took the bits that he saw were Brandy and isolated them. And why did he do that? Well, you see... Turns out Sinclair's best friend was this guy who was an accountant. This guy used to hang out at the strip club where Sinclair's girlfriend worked, and he would just try to impress women. He'd pretend to be like a guy working for a record company. And he met this enchanting beauty named Brandy, who had a voice of an angel, like I said. And he lied to her. He said he would get a recording contract. And when she found out, she got really mad, and she kicked him in the nuts. <laughs> and Sinclair, Sinclair's not a good guy. He's actually a huge mis- misogynist. He he actually was he did this on purpose. He kept Brandy's bits in separate jars. Oh no. Because she wronged his friend. And he goes off and has his adventures with the three new werewolves. And Brandy sat in four different pickle jars in the back of the ruined bar. Luckily one day there was an earthquake. And those jars in London. shattered. In London. Unluckily. In okay. London. Unluckily. <laughs> and the wriggly bits of brandy squiggled back together unfortunately there was like some cigarette butts in the middle so she has cigarette butts in her now and she comes back together as a pickle smelling werewolf and with cigarettes in her and she 
using this secret knowledge. Because, you know, the, the, the everyone was surprised by the earthquake, but nobody thought, like, well, what about those glass jars containing werewolf giblets? <laughs> and only Sinclair knows, but the other girls don't. And she goes on the road to hunt down Sinclair Revenge. and murder him. And she, uh, yeah, and she, uh, hmm, that's the best way she could kill him. Uh, she bite, her, bite his uh, nipples off. She bites his nipples off and puts his nipples in two different baby food jars. <laughs> So he'll never have nipples again. They're always trying to wriggle back to him, but they can't because he's a werewolf now too. And uh, and then she tattoos onto his forehead the immortal words of Jane Austen. Uh, Pretty <laughs> makes Barker's busy with me. <laughs> the end. Is that the name of the sequel? <laughs> the sequel is called. Yes, it's a, <laughs> Pretty it's a Lady. Subtitle. It's a sub. It's a subtitle. <laughs> Strippers versus vampires. <laughs> colon. Yeah. Pretty lady makes me very busy. <laughs> well, makes my, reven- my revenge sequel is kind of similar to George's because there are also other characters that you didn't hear from anymore, but Sinclair did reanimate them as well. In particular, oh. he... He uh, reanimated Chastity, you know, the one with the angel wings who walked in with the oh, yeah. mm-hmm. went with the corpse with the with the silver pen in it. And also the three the three kids who were gonna set the car on fire with the body in it. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, yeah so they so they, they form a team. Um, and of course, now they said Justice, Justice actually had a real name, because these weren't their real names. These were their stage names as strippers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a whole thing where, like, Justice doesn't know... Right. Justice's boyfriend didn't know she was a stripper. by her real name, and she goes, my name is Justice. And I think, actually, that's when she does him in, I think. Yeah. I think her uh, name is Chrissy, if I recall. Something like that. But anyway, so, um, Chastity's real name is Gladys. So, um, I mean, they refer to as they refer to as Chastity throughout the movie, because that's her staging. But her real name is Gladys. And she and the kids, um... They go out at night, you know, and they're getting their revenge on the on, on all werewolves for putting him in that situation. And they're kind of damned to because, you know, they can only go out under cover of night. Right. And she calls the kids their little pipsqueaks. And uh, the name of the movie is Gladys Under Cover of Night and the Pipsqueaks. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'd buy a ticket. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. There That's was good. so many threads you had to sew really? for that to come together, but it did. <laughs> it did, and I glad. I like so many body parts. Under, Gladys undercover of night and the Pepsi weeks. Go check it out. Okay. I feel like weirdly, I don't know why. I feel like Gladys is a super John <coughs> Kelly name. Like that's just really? like I feel like. Yeah, I think it's the name you would make up. Like I think if you had to name a character, and yeah, you I would name probably name like, Gladys. Yeah, I like the name name Tilly a lot, too, for some reason. I don't know why. I like the name Uh, Tilly. And I like Gladys. Yeah, I I like those old-fashioned names. I do. Old lady names. You do. You know. Let's hear Tim's epic poem. (laughs) He has unfurled a giant dream of paper. Tim Tim not only writes the sequel, he writes the third part of the trilogy. But go ahead, Tim. (laughs) Cue Cue the music. Okay, strippers versus werewolves, the revenge. So after the Vixen Club blew up, Sinclair and his werewolf female pals open a new strip club, and they call it the Fake Merkin. 
get it? The fake Merkin. It was originally the fake Merkin. The fake Merkin. As opposed to real Merkins. <laughs> it was originally called the Tangle the Tangled Runway, but that name was taken by a hair removal place down the street. Before that, <laughs> before that, it was called Rugburns, but that name was taken by someone in the royal family that we won't say. We won't talk about. Camilla Parker Bowles. Just say it. Camilla Parker Bowles. <laughs> it was. Sorry. And before that, it was called pubic hair. <laughs> but that was too on the mark. Yeah. The fake Merkin wasn't a very popular strip club. There was always hair in the drinks, and the strippers had to spend a lot of time shaving, except for the few times people came in hoping for the Miley Cyrus treatment. And uh, Sinclair was a terrible bartender, as he was always killing vampires while dealing with his irritable bowel syndrome. Mm. Or IBS. Hopefully not at the same time. No. Yeah, sometimes. Mm. But Tap Tapper, up in Cheney Prison, the former head werewolf, he gets out and he opens a bar of male werewolf, werewolf strippers down the street from the fake Merkin. He is planning a slow, meticulous revenge on these girls by first putting them out of business. His bar, his bar is called the Hairy Knob. He was going to call it short hairs but that name was taken by yet another hair removal salon down the street and then he wanted to call it the hairy parter but jk rowling didn't like that some of the werewolves identified as shapeshifters and told them to knock it off (laughs) (laughs) and it was also a terrible bar there was always hair in the drinks and the male strippers spent a lot of time spying on lady werewolf dancers at the fake merkin except for a few who were spying on the the male dancers because this sequel is more woke So, both places are terrible. They both had terrible cocktails like the Harry Wallbanger, the Gin Fuzz, the Moscow Shaved Mule, Martinis <laughs> Shaken Not Shaved, the Shaved Gorilla, and a really terrible drink called the Pet Rock. Thus, oh, no. Tapper's Revenge fell apart. Both clubs were doomed to go out of business. So Sinclair decided to go there. One day, he went to the Harry Knob after eating a bunch of burgers and mash, Many sides of tea and biscuits and some spicy, uh, spicy, uh, he had a few crisps. He had a few drinks and headed for the bathroom with his IBS in high gear. And after he spent an hour in there, he started to walk out and he proclaimed that Tapper would not have revenge on the fake Merkin girls. He was ending this now. He turned to walk away, but he stopped and turned, turned back around and said, also, I'm sorry. I clogged all your toilets in your bathroom with poop. (laughs) and explosives and then walked away as the bar <laughs> exploded killing all the male werewolves and the title of this movie it was going to be Prince Harry but that name was taken by one of the royal family so they named it Hare but that was a musical so they called it Harry and the Hendersons The Revenge The End yes. I have a question Tim you have a question yes after he blew up the uh, the bar <laughs> Did he wait outside to separate all the giblets as they come back together? <laughs> well, that's in the, are that's we in the set, third Are you movie. setting up a trilogy? Yeah, it's a trilogy. Oh, the trilogy! <laughs> and we can't wait to hear about that one. <laughs> wait. <laughs> and we do have a letter. Oh, my God. How are we going to get through all this? Well, Actual, honest-to-God letter. Start you want to read it, it George? Because it's from I can read it. someone we know. Who is it from? Why? Matt? It's from Matt? my cousin, my cousin Matt Durante. Is he is he who, related uh, to the guy with the schnoz who sung on TV? He is that guy, Jimmy Durante. 
Jimmy. Jimmy. He is Jimmy Durante. Jimmy Durante <laughs> is a vampire and okay. lives forever. <laughs> Your yeah. cousin so, voice <laughs> Frosty the Snowman? <laughs> or narrated Wait, Frosty the Durante? Snowman? He narrated it. Oh, you're right. Yeah, he did. He loves Christmas. So uh, Matt Durante uh, is my cousin. Probably should stop saying his last name over and over again. But uh, he... he, <laughs> he well, that, joke out. that joke doesn't work if we don't. Okay, we got it. Uh, but he uh, previously had written to the show by form of text where he, if you uh, astute listeners will recall, he nearly uh, drove his car into opposing traffic because of Tim's humor. So he has decided to write a proper <laughs> okay. email now, and I will, uh, I'll do it in my finest reading voice. <clears throat> Hello, SETI BIMCO crew. I managed to make it through another episode somehow. I wanted to fill you all in on some more details of one of the last movies you discussed, She Devils and Wheels, that I thought you might find interesting. In the annals of human history, few connections have been as clandestine and as enigmatic as the link between the making of the 1968 exploitation film She Devils and Wheels and its infamous artistic inspirations. We're about to embark on a wild ride through the murky depths of history and cinema, a journey, a journey <laughs> that will leave you reeling and gasping for breath. To fully grasp the scope of this bizarre association, we must first traverse the tempestuous seas of time and arrive in a quaint yet world-altering town in Austria during the early 20th century. Here, a young artist spent his formative years dreaming of a career in the arts. Fast forward to the United States in the late 1960s, an era of cultural revolution and artistic experimentation. The director of She Devils and Wheels, Herschel Gordon Lewis, was seeking inspiration for his next cinematic masterpiece. During his search, he stumbled upon a dusty forgotten art book filled with the artistic aspirations that led to the renaissance of Weimar and the neighboring regions. The drawings and paintings contained within its pages, brimming with talent and potential, inspired Lewis, particularly the work of one specific unnamed artist, to create a film that would pay homage to the artistic genius. As the production of She Devils on Wheels commenced, Lewis became increasingly obsessed with uncovering the identity of the mysterious artist who had so captivated him. After years of painstaking research and countless sleepless nights, he finally unearthed the truth that had been buried beneath the layers of secrecy and deception. The man whose artistic prowess inspired the cult classic She Devils and Wheels. The man whose creative genius had been overshadowed by his catastrophic impact on human history was none other than Tim Hamilton's favorite person, Adolf Hitler. No. The world may never view this obscure, <laughs> low-budget biker film in the same light again, and neither should you. Oh, Cheers, Matt Taranti. P.S. <laughs> the E on the end of the email is very confusing. <laughs> you got to be smart actually, enough to email this show. Actually, Seti Bimco is actually should be spelled with an E, but that's another story <laughs> for another time. That's, thank you, oh, Matt Durante. We appreciate you, it. Matt. And thank that's, you, Tim, for making, was... for making us the Nazi <laughs> podcast. That's, that's probably why people are, they're probably like keyword Hitler and that we're <laughs> popping up. And that's why. Thanks, Tim. That is, that's why we have so many listeners in Argentina. That is the fourth, right. That is the fourth day of art history class where they say, you know, Hitler was an artist. <laughs> and then, and that's art history, everybody. Sorry, history. So, <laughs> so what are we watching next well, if week, you, Tim? If you want to, I'll tell you. But if you want to okay. write, Seti Bimco with an E, 
write us at SETIBIMCO with an E at the end of that word at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram, SETI underscore BIMCO. Uh, I'm on Mastodon. I'm just telling them we quit Twitter and Facebook Mastodon. And you can, you can hear it on all the places you hear podcasts. Give us some five stars. And we're on um, uh, pod. What's it called? Good pods. Good pods. Good pods. Good pod squad. Pod, pod squad. squad. That should be a site. Oh my gosh. That should be. Wait, <laughs> what was it? Get erase that part. We keep it there. Did you, recording, it you snatch up that domain name right now. <laughs> pod squad. I'm pod the, squad. The, I'm buying the domain name. Uh, pretty pretty ladies make me go. I can't remember. Make me go. <laughs> <laughs> pretty ladies make Barker's. Fizzy Wizzy. Fizzy Wizzy. I'm buying that one. <laughs> I hate that. That's awful. But next week, because we did go long, yep. we learned about art history. And Matt, yep. Matt, thanks, Matt. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Don't forget to gay Hitler your toilet, Matt. That's a term that was used in the 18th century, but uh, means flush your toilet. Next week. Does not, in fact. For, for no Easter. Part. It was going to be a light episode, and George, <gasps> I guess, isn't even not going to be here. Maybe. We'll see. We'll Maybe see. I'll come we'll in. see. Who knows? We'll but see. that's why we we'll have see. three hosts. Maybe. This could probably happen. not. I'm a busy. Yeah, it's, it's hard. So listen, we all know who Mr. That. He's you know what happened? Everybody. It went right out of my head. Who created Lost in Space? Who's that terrible? Jules Verne. Oh, Ed, um, what was his name? Irwin Allen. Irwin Allen. He made a lot of terrible mm. TV. And you know what? I found an unsold pilot. Perfect for uh, a revenge sequel because it never got made into a show. It's only 18 minutes long because there's no theme song, oh. no commercial. It's a pilot episode. And it's called like that. The Man from the 25th Century. It's on YouTube. I'll send you a link. And I thought, we'll have a light week. We could talk a little bit. And then uh, it's a short film. Yeah. And if you're not here, Something George, like there is an episode of Lost yep. in Space where they meet they meet Thor. Did you ever see that? It's terrible. No, I've never seen a single episode of Lost it's terrible. in Space. They, they find Thor's hammer. And, anyway. Really? Yep. Yep. They throw it and it reappears in your hand because they couldn't pay for the special effects for it to fly back. You know, just stop the film, I, put the hammer in the hand, stop, just, start the film again. Does it make a noise like, dwing? <laughs> yeah, it probably does. Yeah, fucking garbage. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's like that's I said, me. anything in the 60s gives me a headache. I know <laughs> I would watch that and just, I'd have it. Well, Tim and I were born in the 60s, so there you go. We give, yeah, you, we give, you, we give you a headache too, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, uh, we'll see you next week and maybe George, but, but we'll be here. We'll you be here next week. Maybe not here, George. We'll, we'll, we'll miss you, but we'll figure something out. And if you uh, don't, if you miss me, listen to my other podcast, Hypothetical Island, wow. where I uh, I talk all kinds of bullshit with comics artists and make up hypothetical island scenarios. There Slid that go. in there. Check Slid that check in. out my New York New Yorker cartoon uh, caption contest if you want to try to guess what the caption was. Look at my Instagram pictures <laughs> of my cats. I had a great check blueberry out. muffin. I had a great blueberry <laughs> muffin this week. Check out John's blueberry <laughs> muffin. <laughs> all right best episode ever Talk. let's say goodbye goodbye bye goodbye everybody this has been a pity party line production party line. it's a party line part out in the final but are we improving together again or is that a spectacular failure we will not revisit we'll try it maybe we'll get better
I didn't think it was right. a spectacular failure. It's fun. I the way the the way the single eye the the tear went down Tim's cheek as we did it last week. Like I no, felt like he I felt that it. way. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was too. I think we frustrated we him. Do it. Yeah, yeah. We frustrated him, John, by like our riffing had almost nothing to do with the movie, and I think that made Tim sad. <laughs> no, I don't remember. I just remember this was that was weird. It wasn't that was fine. I think it went okay. You don't remember it because a lot of people don't know this, Tim. You go into a fugue state every time you record one of these episodes. I do. You wake up Sweating. naked and covered in blood often. You're like, what happened this time? It's like, well, wait all till you edit it. You'll find out. All sweat. It's all sweat. It's bloody sweat. Mm. We did talk a long time about it, but can you tell us briefly why there was no sequel? You said there was a sequel. What was the big, big? So I found this really great website. Big drama. Where it was written by a guy who is. This is a British movie. In case we didn't make that clear, I didn't know that. A guy who's hooked into the British scene, where um, the apparently the fact that like it's written by, like, it's based on this story by one guy written by the people. There was three or four forces making this movie that were all in disagreement with each other. Mm, okay. And they all fought over every step of this way. And it looks like somebody did a cut of this movie that was actually a more serious, scary movie. Gotcha. And then a second director came in and made some of the sillier bits. And additionally, there was an, like one of the producers talks about how one of the actors, I'm thinking the singer Brandy was an absolute <laughs> nightmare to work with, which is why I Makes think there's sense. the line thrown in. Nobody likes her. Uh-huh. And so the movie came out and, the guy at this website was very hard in this movie, but I kind of liked this movie. Yeah, it could have been. As I, said, I th- As I said, I think you just have to have a quirky sense of humor. Yeah. Like, I don't think this was bad. I mean, this wasn't a good movie. No, no but, of course not. And I'm, I'm, I'm almost not really kidding when I say this is maybe the best Betty Bimco movie. You say that every week. I do. The bark is getting higher and higher. That's because he fucked it. <laughs> Well, you know what? One thing I'm noticing, uh, I definitely have uh, a predilection towards more recent films. Yes. You put something out from the 60s. I already, I already I have a headache as soon as it's on. I want to punch the TV. <laughs> 70s is hit or miss. Um, uh, but like that's a- something like this, like this post Edgar Wright where it's got like some snappy editing and like there was some, like a couple jokes that were funny. And like, yeah, the werewolves are garbage. And like, there's plot holes big enough to drive like a, this, the the USS Enterprise through. But we filled them. Like, it was still fun. Yeah, yeah. I might watch it again one day. 